Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. It's doing things that have not been done before and not having the fear to just fail. And I think that's the key is that with Infinitive and things that we've started working through, has everything gone perfectly? No. Have we learned from it? Yes. And it's just not being scared of failure. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Ben Craze. Ben's the CEO and co-founder of Infinitive Group, a specialist consultancy providing solutions for the future of mobility. As a promoter of innovation and sustainable mobility, Infinitive Group is one of the founding members of the Rail Innovation Group. With a proven track record of problem solving and solution development, Ben joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Ben. It's great to have you with us. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thank you for inviting me along. I'm looking forward to to hearing your story. So can you tell us a little bit about the Infinitive Group and what you're working towards, please? Yeah, so Infinitive Group came about back in 2014 as a a conceptual idea from myself. And then um, I came together with Chris Blackburn, our CTO, uh, in 2017, and we started to aggressively grow the company really as being um, a engineering and technology consultancy. that is kind of positioned slightly differently to the, the organisations that were um, existing as we as we saw it today. So there was typically your your thoroughbred or, uh, consultancy organisations that would be focusing on um, operational know-how um, and then generally the the operations. And then there was also um, data science companies, technology companies, IT companies that would be focusing on the IT. And there wasn't really anything that blended the two together. So the company where we primarily focus is on the transport um, domain um, and now we're now focusing on kind of smart cities and everything connected, um, but bringing the operational know-how and the information technology and data together as a blended um, offering is, is a unique selling point for us. So that's that's kind of how we came about and, and what we'll be focusing on really to challenge the status quo and, yeah. and, and grow the business from there. Absolutely. And so as the leader of that kind of organisation at that stage in its life cycle, what kind of challenges are you up against at the minute? The challenges that we're up against now are, are a lot different from if you'd have asked me the same question a year ago. So uh, having an SME, well, a startup going into SME as we went into COVID um, was was a real interesting um, space. So what we were struggling with there is where orders were um, and, and contracts were being switched off and and put on hold and pushed out to the right. So that was a, a challenge there was was around actually what we needed to do. But what we what we did was we then reinvested on our management systems and looked at our internal um, organisation to then focus to make sure that we could, um, coming out of COVID, actually then grow. Where we are today is we, we're now, we've ridden the storm of that and, and we've got more work than we could shake a stick at. And now... Um, our biggest challenge is getting the right level of talent into the business because there is a, a huge bubble at the moment where um, we can't seem to recruit quick enough. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And is that across all skill sets or is there a particular area of the business that is, is particularly challenging? Um, particularly challenging in in the engineering and data world. It, and and what, what we're finding is um, we're whilst we're focused on sort of transport smart cities, 
um, we're competing against the likes of financial technology companies, fintechs, and mm-hmm. and, and they're offering bigger salaries. So we're, we're having to look and be a bit more innovative on what we are doing to attract the right talent. Uh-huh. In terms of those challenges and your leadership style then, how has that changed the way that you approach leadership within the business? I don't suppose it's changed per se my approach to leadership. I'm always, I'm quite open and I'm quite honest. Um, I think one thing that I've, I've been true to form and I've had many a debates with the board mm-hmm. is that we can't, we can't, ride the uh, this wave and just throw money at, and, and salaries at, at these roles to attract them because ultimately we'll be left with an overhead that yeah. when the bubble does burst we're, we're, we're left carrying um, quite an inflated overhead and that would then be detrimental to the business's growth in the long term so it's it's really kind of staying true to form on that regard and then really trying to sell uh, the business and and the vision of the business and i think that's what and how we've attracted some of and I, I've branded them before in other other podcasts and things that I've done as kind of my unicorns because they don't exist and and we're we're quite blessed with regards to some of the talent that we do have in the organisation um, that that has that blend of the operational know how and information technology and data mm-hmm. um, and, and the reason why we've got these uh, these hugely talented um, people within the organisation is they buy into challenging the status quo in doing things differently because at heart a lot of the people that we employ are engineers and they want to they want to engineer they want to innovate they want to do things differently and not just crank the handle and do it the same way all the time Uh uh and and your own journey into leadership then was that was that quite an organic process or were you always destined for the ceo seat (laughs) um no i don't know no my uh my I've always been challenging um, in so much as I always question. Um, okay. So my my journey into leadership, I I started as an apprentice. Um, I'm, I'm I'm proudly dyslexic, as I've said on, on other things before. Um, so I, I started in the apprenticeship route. I started in petrochemical, which is a completely different yeah. um, industry. Um, but I found myself. Um, during my apprenticeships in when I was doing my higher national uh, certificate in electromechanical engineering, um, working with someone that worked for a company called Alston Transport. He recommended that I kind of applied for a role with them uh, working on London Underground um, and then kind of just rose through the ranks there pretty quickly. They they sponsored and funded me for my degree um, and then they had sort of this type of um, personal appraisal type approach that if you do very very well within within that then you get promoted and and um, you fast tracked on to sort of leadership and, and management type tiers and and I and I and I went through that I took my first management true management role when I was about twenty six um, and then from there I was kind of headhunted and then headhunted hunted again and then made redundant because I over over delivered and. Um, working for a PLC at that point in time, um, I was a, quite an expensive head. So, and, and that was kind of the founding point of Infinity Group. So it was mm-hmm. looking at why why do this for someone else when I could do it for ourselves. 
Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and in terms of your leadership style, then is that taken from anywhere? Is it is it from have you had influences in the past, or has it grown organically with the organisation? Um, the I suppose my leadership um, has come from I, I lost my father quite young um, in uh, in in when I was um, in my early, early teens um, in school. So during my GCSEs and, and I suppose finding my feet as a, as a person, I had to re recalibrate and rebaseline what I was as a person. And I think from that as being a young man and having to kind of um, start thinking for myself um, probably took, took me in that direction. Um, I've always been quite um, direct strong-minded anyway um you know I, I i lied um at the age of 12 to get my first paper round because i wanted money and then you know um concocted ideas to to get christmas bonuses by giving christmas cards out to papers and um you know then took on you know i was, I was a keen fisherman as a, as a young boy so they concocted tying rigs for the fishing shop and selling them at 50p a 50p a rig and um worked out that I could actually earn about £10 an hour at the age of 13 or something along those lines by these tiny rigs. I've always kind of been innovative and analytical in that regard. Mm-hmm. And then I think that that coupled with the loss of my father has probably put me into into why I kind of think in the way that I do. Okay. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with us. And and in terms of advice then that you would offer to someone, are there any sort of if I knew then what I know now moments? looking back there's 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 hundreds (laughs) um but i don't think we would be the business that we are without learning the lessons so one of the things that i always say you know if i would have done it different would i have done it differently if i'd have known it yes i would have but i wouldn't have been able to have improved or you know i wouldn't we wouldn't be the organization that we are today without making um learning things along the along the lines you know you can you can read as many books as you want on how to do things, but they're not always going to be the way that you want to do it or, or your interpretation of them. So the biggest one, I suppose, for us as a lesson is is really, really getting a, a full understanding of sort of the, the finances, cash flow management, um, because everything that we've done to date thus far has been organically generated. So we've got no investment. It's everything that we've done has been fu- purely from from the growth of the company and it's and sometimes as i said through through the covid times cash flow was really 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 challenged and that that, that was kind of um really um tough but because again we're kind of innovating we do a lot of r&d we were able to leverage a lot of the r&d tax credits mm-hmm. and we've got a fantastic accountant firm that that supports us and, and that that's enabled us to kind of ride the the wave of uh, of everything that we've gone through yeah, absolutely. And and in terms of characteristics, then when we're speaking about leadership, are there? Do you think there are characteristics that all leaders need to have? Is it is it across the board? There are certain characteristics everybody should have, or is it case by case? In your opinion, well, I think characteristic as a leader is that if you employ talent, trust the talent, and don't try and micromanage them. I will never ever micromanage anyone, yeah. and I'll always trust. I'll always naturally give trust but and, until it's until it's broken and lead by example. So if I expect something of someone, I will always do it and make sure that I'm comfortable with doing it rather than 
lording it and and being a manager and a dictator and, and I, I don't think you'll get the best out of people so from a from a from a trait perspective that's how I manage mm-hmm. I think that's how I get respect from my my team and my peers so I think if anyone was listening and looking to take that advice is that you know just just respect and be be true to to a, a someone that you know is, is looking to achieve something but can only achieve it if you get everyone on board um, with you rather than fighting you or, or jostling for position because of the kind of that uh, creating a, almost a, a toxic environment from a, yeah. from a, from a micromanagement dictatorship type style. So I, I would never, ever encourage that. Yeah, absolutely. And is there a piece of advice that's, that's sort of shaped your leadership style or a piece of advice that you keep going back to maybe that you could share with the audience? A piece of advice. Yeah, probably. One of my early mentors always told me because what's the engineering me so you're always striving for that perfection is that actually sometimes the best is the ugly to the good so sometimes okay. you have to accept that in order to deliver it on time to to budget um and you have to kind of blend and balance cost quality and delivery mm-hmm. and sometimes that kind of from the engineering side it pains you because you go well i could get it a little bit better and but you might be late or it might cost a little bit more so sometimes you know the the, the best is the ugly to the good Yes. That, would, that was what I'd say. Yeah, along that vein, someone once taught me, done is better than perfect sometimes. Yeah. You, you get, get, get the task done, otherwise you can take or, 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 or kiss, which is keep it simple, stupid. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. it's along the, same, along the same lines. Absolutely. And, and thinking about leaders from your past then, is there a leader, past or present, famous or otherwise, that you particularly admire or that resonates with you? And if so, what is it about them? Yeah, I've got two, really, I suppose, from... from um, as I say, I'm, I'm dyslexic, and 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 I, and I also think that that also enables me to think differently, mm-hmm. think a little bit, and than, than some of my peers um, um, would be Richard Branson. So you know, I did um, admire him. I've read read a number of his books. Um, is that just just that you know, constantly just saying yes and 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 overcoming and actually utilizing things to your advantage. That 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 hugely. Uh, I have a huge uh, admiration for, and then I suppose current, it, it has to be from from the technology world um, is Elon Musk. And, you know what he's achieved, um, you know through through his um, history of PayPal and, and companies before to to founding SpaceX and and Tesla and the yeah. Boring Company. That I, I really really admire that and what he's doing there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and in terms of leaders that you particularly admire, then do they have a common theme? Is it that entrepreneurial flair? Because that's, I guess, you could put Elon Musk and Richard Branson in that category. Is it entrepreneurialism? Oh, if I can say it, entrepreneurialism, or is there, is there another trait that combines? Yeah, I think it's the the entrepreneurial. It's it's the it's doing things that not been done before and not mm-hmm. having the fear to just fail. And I think that's the key. Yeah. Is that you know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I have failed in indirectly, if you like, because mm-hmm. I came out of corporate world. You know, as I was, I was 30 and had been made redundant, and some people could have deemed that as a failure, but it wasn't. I delivered um, something, and and I was just pushed onto a different mm-hmm. different journey. But with Infinitive and things that we've started working through, has everything gone perfectly? No. Have we learned from it? Yes. And and it's just not being scared of failing. I mean, they're totally different different levels um from from where we are and what we're currently doing but you know who knows 
absolutely absolutely and, and you mentioned the books that you'd read from um, Richard Branson I'm always really interested to understand what CEOs are reading or consuming so whether that's listening to a podcast or an audiobook or reading a physical book um what kind of content are you consuming what's what's influenced you in the past or what's helped you in the past um well current, currently I'm actually just reading a book from from one of my uncles actually it got it got gifted to me by my aunt um, Sarah for my birthday um and I didn't realize he was a he was a writer and um <laughs> it's it's called the rules of life okay. um by Richard Templar that's his kind of um author's name um so I'm just starting to read that so that's quite interesting I, I quite like to understand on people's perspectives on how how things kind of start to kind of put things into perspective and the book before that I started to read was how to argue with a cat uh-huh. um <laughs> which was quite an interesting read um just on uh, I was dealing with quite an interesting um situation at work where it was like arguing with a cat where you couldn't actually portray any kind of logical reasonable argument across that would be accepted so i so this book kind of uh, stood out and and was quite an interesting interesting read Uh, and now i can argue with the cat as well (laughs) as difficult employees (laughs) i'll give that one a look that sounds interesting i've not come across that one before and what was your what was your uncle's book called again sorry the rules of life yes the, uh, the rules of life yeah. I'll take a look. Thank you for that recommendation. And and so in terms of Infinitive, what's going to be happening over the six the next six, nine, twelve months that you could share with us that you're excited about? Well, I'm I'm presently sitting and, and doing this podcast from Doha. We're currently involved. We've got a number of products um that are being implemented and uh, scaled. So we're going through various iterations on some of our radar type products, um, which uh it's quite exciting that we've we've we're also implementing that within a within some new projects in London, um, and yeah, we're just really doing quite a lot of uh, data integration um, within the transport um, sector. So as the transport sector goes into its new kind of guise of uh, Great British Railway, we're uh, and there's a lot of push and focus towards like a data marketplace. We're we're working um, alongside a, a few of the top three consultancy companies out there that um, are, are spearheading some of those initiatives. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon. Um, our pipeline looks uh, looks very strong and and hence why I'm trying to get talent in to help us deliver it. Um, but there's a lot of lot of um, interesting things that we're getting our teeth into um, UK and internationally. So um, we're, we're, we're also um, at the beginning of 2020 we, we founded our Australian subsidiary, so there's, that's um, that's really started to pick up some some traction over there. So, um, the, the, what what you're going to see from us is is real good international and uh, and growth internally, and hopefully we can. Uh, well, I've set one of the objectives to one of the team that we I think we're uh, we we're uh, at the level that we can we can actually nominate ourselves for one of the. Uh, the Queen's Entrepreneurs uh, Enterprise Awards. So hopefully we we put ourselves in that and then and, and uh, satisfy one of those uh, awards. Fantastic, fantastic. So it's all go. It's all go. You've got everything on your plate, and it's uh, it sounds like the sky's the limit. It's just the talent piece that we need to look at. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Fantastic. Well, Ben, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's been great. No, no worries. Thank you for uh, reaching out to me and uh, bringing me along onto your uh, onto your podcast. 